Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Apostle Kathy L. Ali. Wow. That is so amazing. Salvation. That is awesome. Let's give God another round of applause. Today is a new day. Today, I will be transformed by the power of God, by the presence of God, and by the Word of God to never be the same in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You can be seated. I have so much in my spirit. I don't even know which way to go. Um, a few weeks ago or so, I guess, um, I woke up and I could see um, three letters, nice and bold, which you're seeing up there, H-I-M, and I thought, it's all about him. He's the point. He is the reason. And I was thinking about today, um, I was sitting in my chair last night, reflecting on um, the message, but I thought, you know, God, we started all of this just because of you, and um, we want Jesus to be lifted up and glorified for him to be the center of everything. And I was sitting there, and I was thinking about um, how many of you have heard the story, but how we just would gather together and worship with all of our hearts. And I had just this amazing tambourine that I don't have anymore because it got taken away from me. (laughs) But it was such a beautiful, beautiful picture of people who are just hungry and surrendered to God. And I started thinking, just reflecting about these last 10 years, because it was 10 years that we incorporated. We were still meeting in the basement for a short period of time yet. And all of the ups, all of the downs, and how God remained faithful through it all. It was like one of the songs that she was singing, and I was thinking, yeah, no matter what, he's faithful So whatever you're going through in this life, there's ups, but there's also downs. It ebb and flows, but he remains faithful and unchanging. And so I was just reflecting on his goodness. I was reflecting on his love. I was reflecting on the people that I've known that have come and some that have gone and some that we have sowed, you know, sent. And um, just how the church, the body of Christ, let me say it that way, just looks so different. It's not necessarily bad. I just feel like God is, he's really doing something deep. You know, ever since I almost died <laughs> a couple of months ago, I start to look at life a little differently. And... Um, 
truly, I just had a, my sister-in-law's um, brother yesterday was cleaning out leaves out of his gutter, fell off a ladder. They flew him to Iowa City because they live in Iowa, and he passed away. They put him on life support for as long as they could. It's actually, I heard, like one of the top three ways that people, it's the ladder of all things. Be careful taking leaves out of your gutters. But I was thinking about how he would have, you know, given his wife a kiss in the morning or sat and had a cup of coffee and probably maybe was on his phone. Who knows? But I know that he didn't know that was going to be the day. And none of us know. And I guess it, it makes eternity more real that we don't live to store up treasures on earth. Our treasures should be found in him. So I'm going to read a few scriptures and we'll expound. John chapter 15, verse 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, and the old has gone, and the new is here. Ephesians 2:10 For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for us to do. And these are just a few scriptures that really highlight and talk about what it's like to actually be found in him that he actually prepared like we are his handiwork. He he thought about you. He 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 knows all of Everything that you're going to do, everything, you know, that's in the past, but everything that you're going to do, the decisions that you're going to make, that doesn't mean that you don't have a free will. It's just that he's all-knowing. He's prepared in advance for us these works that he knows that we're going to step into and do. So when you stop and you, you take a moment to, to minister to somebody, that person was there because God ordained it to be. With them going to the jail ministry and that girl standing up in the front and feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit, that was God's ordaining. It's, it's, it was ordained by him for that to happen. For her to then say to the chaplain, oh my goodness, you know, that, that feeling that I had and, and I just experienced, well, I want to give my life to the Lord. That was ordained by God. It was predestined to happen. When we're faithful to do what God tells us to do, it's amazing. It is amazing at the miracles that we get to see. There is no greater miracle. I love to see people get healed of pain because pain is awful. I've had it. I'd love to see it when, when, when like an arm grows out or an eye opens up and the deaf can, can hear. But there's no greater miracle than to see somebody come to Jesus Christ. 
because they literally just got plucked out of hell and placed right into heaven. And we don't know, like, I don't know how long that woman is going to live. Like, what I'm saying is that we don't know the day or the hour. And when you have eternity, it's like if you keep eternity in your eyes, and you keep your eyes on Jesus, you guys know the scripture so well because it's one I quote so often. If we keep our eyes upon him, he will keep us in perfect peace. That word perfect is peace, peace, peace. He will keep us in shalom, shalom. So when all these things are going on around us, when disappointments happen, when people don't show up the way you think they should show up, it doesn't matter because you're not living for here and now. There is such a greater purpose. I was talking to somebody um, we went out to dinner, oh, it was last night, it felt like it was a couple nights ago. And we were talking about this very thing. I said, you know what? We don't realize how selfish we actually can be. We're so caught up in our feelings and our emotions. We spend so much time working on us when it's not, it's not about this. It is all about him. I can, I'm not taking away from counseling or therapy or anything like that, but at some point you just have to get up and get over it. At some point you do have to pick yourself up and know that it's not about everything that has happened, but it's more about him. When we actually lay down our life because it says that our, my life is hidden in him. There comes a place where I can't work on myself constantly. If all you're doing is working on your stuff, there's something wrong because your focus is in the wrong place. If it's on him, he will work out your stuff. That's why one of the most powerful tools is to have listening prayer, to have Holy Spirit highlight something, Jesus go in and actually just sweep that away. Ephesians chapter 3, verse, or chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. 
In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything. According to the plan of him who works out everything. He works out everything in conformity with his purpose of his will. In order that we who were the first to put on our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Not for the praise of our glory, though we be glorified, but our glorification comes from him. The praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The Bible shows that we must radically, radically be God-centered. That he really is first and foremost in our life. How do we know that? Do a checkup on your life. Are you generous? Financially, are you generous financially? Do you give lavishly, not grudgingly, not, not because you're afraid, not counting up pennies, trying to figure out everything out? No, when he's your center, you will give lavishly. You will want to come up to the platform of the altar and just actually give. Give, give away the things that are idols in your life. Give those away. If, if money is an idol in your life, ask God to remove that idol. Romans eleven thirty six 36 says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jonathan Edwards, who was an American revivalist and preacher, he was used to usher in the first great awakening. And he oversaw like several, several revivals, um, in, especially in his church in Massachusetts. He argues this. He says that because God is infinitely perfect, he must seek his own glory. Because to seek the glory of any being or thing less perfect than God would be sin. For any creature, self-glorification is sin. But because God is infinitely perfect, he would be unrighteous if he did not glory in that which is perfect, namely himself. <laughs> C.S. Lewis, he wrote, Christians who did most for the present world were precisely those who, who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have begun thinking less of the other world that they have become so in, excuse me, ineffective in this. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither.
There's a song we used to sing that as we focus on him, these earth, things of earth grow strangely dim. I've been asking God, actually I haven't really had to ask, but I was asking anyway, shine the light in places that no one can see. Shine your light in me. And that's when you start to see the things in your life that aren't adding to you but taking from you. It's always been my, I have such a fear of God. And not a bad fear, but an awe of God. That I'm, I, I want to know that at any moment, I know that I'm not saved by my works. I understand that. I know that I'm saved by faith through grace. Totally, 100%, an incredible gift from God. But there is rewards in heaven. And we will be judged for what we've done here on earth. And I, sometimes I, I'm like, God, are we so wrapped up in what we are doing here that we forget why we're here? Colossians 3, verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. His glory, not our glory, will appear with him in his glory. Set your minds on things that are above, not on earthly things. For we died, and our life is now hidden with Christ in God. Galatians chapter 2, verse 3 and 7, it says, in, him, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanksgiving. Everything that we have, Jesus bought for us. We start out understanding that we have this freedom in Christ. And when religion starts to creep in, all of a sudden we go from our focus from the cross of freedom to the ladder of performance. We go from the focus of the cross, which made us free, to actually having to climb up some kind of a spiritual ladder. But when we keep him in the forefront, we don't have to climb any ladder. We're just made perfect in him. And the more you understand him, the more you want to be with him. He's beautiful. Ladies that are single, he's our husband. Even if you're married, boy or girl, still your husband. He should be number one. 
If you're looking to somebody fulfill your dreams, you're looking someone to complete you, you're looking at the wrong thing because he's the only one that will ever complete you. You go to the marriage seminar, just remember, keep God in the center. He's the only one that can actually fulfill what you need to have fulfilled. And guess what? You're also dead. Then there's that. Watch how many times you think about yourself. And we say, well, this person's so highly narcissistic. Really? I think we all are a little narcissistic. When you have a relationship or a friendship with somebody and it feels as though this is wrong or this is toxic, ask yourself, why is it? Is it because it's, there's something that's, that you don't want to have to deal with? Because it actually causes you to be uncomfortable and it's, a, it's not all about you? It shouldn't all be about you. If I lay down my life for my friend, then I have to lay down my life for somebody who doesn't have it all together yet. Instead of judging. Oh, God, strip us of all of this. I pray. And I am preaching to myself. I remember going on the, um, coming home from the mission field. Um, would have been the first time I'd gone to Guatemala. I was there for a few weeks. I was in the um, plane in simple little things. I know, like, you can be religious about all this, and that's not what I'm trying to say. But it was just like watching people do things, like opening up magazines and, like, worldly, like, just worldly magazines, and just, like, listening to conversations about, you know, wanting this, and wanting that, and wanting this, and I was just, like, it just was making me so uncomfortable, and I'm, like, why is this bothering me so much? Because I actually had witnessed the purity of the gospel at work. I saw so many freaking miracles. It was, it was crazy. I mean, we had, we had one, um, service where, um, oh, this was the woman's service. There was a, I did a woman's service, and I'm not kidding. It was so crazy. It was like an assembly line of people coming up to get healed, and everybody got healed. It was like, it was just like, your mind's just like, you just go on to the next one. You don't even have time to, like, celebrate because it's like literally someone comes up, and they cannot move. This is it. Their, their arm has been stuck like this. You pray, and all of a sudden it goes, whoop, and you're like, oh, my gosh. And you just go on to the next one. Somebody else gets healed. Somebody else gets healed. It was just like that the whole entire time you were there. And you're operating at a level of grace that you don't always experience when you're here. I mean, I did how many services every day? Barely had any sleep at night. Woke up in the morning ready to go for the next day. In, like, some very, like, um, dangerous uh, parts of town, because I got sent to the wrong zone, so I went to a different zone I wasn't even supposed to be in, but anyway, God showed up, and we saw, again, like, people getting delivered. When we talk about deliverance here, this, no, I'm talking about, like, real demon-possessed people who had uh, witchcraft 
and curses spoken over them, that they were so bound, and they were, they were just being taunted constantly, constantly. And to see those people come literally levitate off the floor, see them twist like, like, a, like a serpent would twist, and watch just this, this, like you can see it in the spirit, just watch this like thing come out, and then all of a sudden their body just lays down, becomes limp. They get up, and they're completely, completely delivered and give their life to the Lord. When we were in North Carolina, we had a guy um, come in to one of our services, and he um, struggled with homosexuality really bad. But he had a really high voice and acted like a girl, and he, you know, he was real, like, shook your hand, just very, like, limp, and, and just really was struggling. And I thought, oh, God, encounter him. And we didn't do anything. Of course, they just led worship. That's all you have to do um, when you've got those two. And God comes. The Holy Spirit, the guy's on his knees. The Holy Spirit comes and envelops him. The guy starts sp- speaking in tongues like he's never, ever experienced that before. He gets up at the end of the service. He comes over and talks to me in a male voice. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. And nobody laid a hand on him. We saw those things all the time. Why are we not seeing as much of that right now? I do think we're seeing some of it. But I think it's because we're spending so much time trying to fix ourselves. Even our messages are about us. How to overcome this. How to be better at that. How to achieve success. So I was talking to God yesterday and I said, well, there's all these things that people say to how to build a church. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Kathy, I'm not interested in how to build a church. I'm more interested in building my church. How beautiful are the feet that bring the gospel. I'm not saying I've been hurt. I've gone through, I've been, you guys, some of you know my story. I've had a gun put in my mouth and had the trigger pulled eight times and not have a bullet release. I've been horribly raped. I've been physically abused, wound up in the hospital. I've been emotionally abused. And I can tell you, I'd rather have somebody punch me than to torment me in my mind. But I can tell you this, at some point, You just have to give it all to God. And his light comes and shines when it's time for it to shine. And he's the one that brings the healing. He's the one that brings wholeness. Can he use people? 100% to facilitate your healing. But don't get stuck on waiting till you're 100% whole. Because what happens if tomorrow you died? 
I look at my, my grandchildren. I'm like, I don't have time, Kathy. Get over yourself. I've got these four girls that I get to pour my life into. I've got a church that I believe will quadruple in size, not because of the fact that we need a certain number, but because of the fact that you guys are so on fire for Jesus that we're actually getting outside of ourselves and we're taking the gospel to the streets, sharing with our neighbors. How many of you know your neighbors? How many of you actually know your neighbors? How many of you know their name? How many of you ever had them over to your home? Are you listening to me? We've become so self-absorbed. I did not have any idea I was going to go this way, but I am. Happy anniversary to us. The scriptures do say he chastens those whom he loves. But do you hear what I'm hearing my heart? How many times, oh, I'm sorry, no, I'm not sorry. How many times do we have to have healing for the same thing? Father, I'm so challenged by you. You have put me in a place of personal revival. You're awakening your spirit within me. It's not about jumping and shouting and rolling on the floor. It's not even about a feeling. All of that is wonderful and beautiful. But it's about being steadfast that at the end, we could say and hear you say, well done. Well done. If you're at all convicted by any of this, would you stand to your feet? And let's pray for God to do a new thing. I would like to hear a testimony from every single one of you before next Sunday of how you brought the gospel to somebody. How you actually stopped and took a moment Nobody that you know, I'm talking about in here, could be a, somebody who doesn't know the Lord yet that you know. That's totally fine. But don't just be ministering to each other. That's great, and that has its place. But let's get outside of ourselves. Are you hearing me? Father, I ask that you do a new thing in our life. I'm asking God that you would just burn within us so much that even through hardships, even through difficulties, even through busyness of life, even through all the things that we have on our plate, that you still would be exalted and glorified in our midst. That just as like C.S. Lewis so, so beautifully, beautifully, beautifully put. Christians who do the most for this present world 
were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have begun thinking less of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. God, let heaven be our aim. Let heaven be our aim. We say your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It cannot happen if we are not heavenly minded. Help us to be so heavenly minded that we are so good here upon the earth that we will take time to actually stop at a street corner, talk to the homeless man that we think has is, is totally just homeless, never just forsaken, whatever. No, we actually take a moment that we stop and we talk to the person who's, who, who looks like they are so wealthy that they have no need of anything and we're intimidated by them. No, that we'll stop and we'll talk to them. That we'll, They need the gospel. Everybody needs to hear about Jesus Christ. And I don't care if we live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I don't care if it's like they call it a Bible belt. There are people who really don't know you intimately. There's a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. God, let us not be that person that we're so assured of who we are that we want to share with everyone else, that we will be inconvenienced. We're okay to be inconvenienced. Pour our life out into somebody else's life, to the drug addict, to help them see their worth and their value, that their identity isn't the addiction their identity is found in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.